Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtics win 97-84. This is the Garter Report on Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Garter Report. My name is Jared White. I'm catching Evan's shirt right there. His name is Evan Clinchy. On the other end of the table, Brendan Jackson from Celtics Hub, ESPN True Hoop affiliate. We're going to go over... How the Celtics look without now two of their most important players, Rondo obviously being probably the most important. I think Kevin Garnett's a pretty good argument there. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Solinger, their most exciting and promising uh, of their young stars. He's out for the season. I guess I shouldn't say stars yet. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. But, uh, he's out for the ourselves. season with back spasms leading to back surgery today. Uh, we're going to talk about how they looked with uh, Solinger not in the lineup anymore how Brandon Bass did filling in for him, and how Jeff Green and Paul Pierce did filling in in this new small ball lineup, which isn't new because we were supposed to be talking about this the entire season. So we'll talk about that, too. We'll hear from Doc. We'll hear from Kevin. Uh, KG is known for, I think, not swearing on television. Yeah, that totally. Is, not that, swearing. That's okay. the thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll show you him not swearing on Absolutely. television yeah. again because uh, he, he had a couple good little uh, S-word bombs tonight. Can not say, S-word. Can you say S-bombs to me, Jack? Uh, I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. I won't, but okay. Whatever. Well, yeah, B. Jack's ruled. He has the beard. Actually, both have beards. His is thicker, so I think he has more. Redder. Yeah. Very, very red. It is redder. Sure. So he has more legal uh, precedence over you. Um, I can't I can't deny it. We're going to talk about Jeff Green going to the hole, which was fun tonight. That sounded pretty bad. He was dunking the ball. That's, that's what he was. He was slam dunking. Yeah. That happened. And then we're going to box out, and then we're going to ball up, as we always do ball on the show. Up. Ball up. Okay. It's our Ball of the Night segment. I don't know if you've heard of it. I, have, I don't know. I don't watch in the show. in about you 20 knew? times. Very. All right. This is a different Evans clinchy. It looks exactly it's like the same. brother. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So let's start with uh, not having Jared Solinger, B-Jax. Brandon Bass kind of trying to fill in that role. And it's his role to start with that Solinger took from yeah. him again. But yeah. How, how did Bass look tonight? And how does this team look? Missing probably their most efficient, actually definitely their most efficient rebounder. Well, I think I think the first thing to say is that they're two completely different players. They play the same position and they play the same you know role on the team, but Bass can't rebound like Sellinger, and Sellinger has yet to prove that he can shoot as well as Bass can. And over the last two games, you've seen Brandon Bass really step it up. He's making that you know uh, mid range jump shot again, uh, and he's playing hard. You know, a lot of times. Earlier in the season, you'd see uh, perhaps maybe a lack of focus. It's hard to pinpoint why he was messing up, you know, on the defensive end rotations and things like that. Um, but he's really putting in the effort, and he, it looks like he's stepping up now that he has that chance again. I think Brandon's kind of had trouble this year figuring out 
where to assert himself. So I think last year he had a more consistent and concrete role. We've talked about it. We've kind of heard about it from him. I think that this role has gotten to him. I think he told, was it Chris Forsberg, he told uh, last week that the lack of consistency in his role has really frustrated him. And now he finally has a chance to have a consistent role. It'll be like last year when, when they're not playing small ball. He's probably going to be the starting power for, the entire, you know, for most of those games. And he's going to have his chance to run his pick-and-pop sets to be able to try to get stuff done on the offensive glass. Evans, do you think that Brandon has shown, I guess in the past few games, that he's going to be able to get back to his form that we were used to seeing from him really early this year and last year? Yeah, I think so. I think tonight was a very encouraging game for him. I mean, he got yanked out of the starting lineup two games ago for Jared Sellinger, and now that Sellinger's out of the picture, Bass has a clearer role. He knows what he's going to be doing each and every night, and he can step up and do it. Um, you know, he had seven rebounds tonight, which is a very encouraging stat for him. You know, if he's active on the glass, that's really, really helpful for this team. But it's not going to be just Bass. I mean, you know, they're going to get an extra couple of points from Bass, an extra couple from Paul Pierce, an extra couple from Kevin Garnett, Courtney Lee. It's a team effort. I mean, it's not going to be just one guy filling Jared Sellinger's shoes. But uh, Bass has been encouraging. I mean, what we've seen from him these last couple of games has been good. He's got to keep it going. I also think we're going to see Bass play better because I think earlier in the season, you know, maybe after training camp, he really heard footsteps. You know, he saw Sollinger play, he played against him, and he yeah. said, wow, this kicking, this kicking ball. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I'm sure he was even told, you know, you need to keep, keep up. This isn't, you know, this is your spot now, but it's not your spot guaranteed. And now I think he's going to feel a lot more confident, a lot more comfortable knowing that, you know, Jason Collins is unlikely to usurp that role. That mellow, yeah, probably not. <laughs> not after tonight. Oh man, let's let's do our uh, what should be our nightly fat mellow update. Uh, <laughs> wow. He got his first minutes in a long time, and they were pretty horrific minutes. First minutes all of all time. Was it? Was this it his okay. NBA? Not debut? including preseason. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's why. Yeah, Evans so, and I had a little debate about that. Yeah, I could have sworn he played in November. I was wrong. That's what I was thinking. He's I thought he got minutes. a couple minutes because I remember Chris Joseph preseason. It's amazing to think Chris Joseph isn't even on this team anymore. Right. Right. So we were talking about his his promise as a replacement for Petrus right. a few months ago. But Mello yeah. literally got spun in circles a few times trying to defend the low post. His, his rotating on rotating on his own man, not rotating <laughs> in the team defense. He didn't have shorts that fit him. He was trying to pull up his pants all the time so he couldn't contest the shot. He had I both hands on his waist. I, that's the main problem here. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think they weren't tied. Like I think it's like one of those rookie moments where you take off your uh, your warm you know your warm up shirt, your shooting shirt, and your jersey's on backwards or it's yeah. not on at all. I think he got in the game and he didn't tie his shorts, so he's running up the court realizing that they're falling off, and it's pretty funny. To rookie watch. mistake. Uh, fun fact uh, from our producer Lucas Perlin, who's Brazilian himself and definitely likes these kind of facts. Uh, per- uh, not Perlin, uh, Melo and Barbosa mm-hmm. playing together. The first time that two Brazilian players have played on an NBA team. Yeah, really cool. Really Until cool Verajao and uh, and then they all get <laughs> traded to the Wizards. Or they're already on the Wizards. Until so all those guys, like, you know, they're all going to get traded to the Celtics. We'll have an all Brazilian team. It'll be fun. And then Ginobili there just to all kind of uh, muddy the water for them. Argentina and Brazil don't like each other if you haven't heard. Uh, and let's talk about two guys that boom. Two guys that had a little bit of friction or kind of slowly have found out trickle throughout the uh, season. Kevin Garnett and Doc Rivers, uh, we don't know if it ever really affected them, but Kevin has made a point to mention how upset he was when Doc Rivers called the team out for being soft earlier in the year. Let's take a look at what Kevin said. Uh, if you're scared of bleeps or are scared of lip reading, uh, parental discretion is advised. 
we have a lot of fight in us. Um, you know, I've never known us to other dominators, no bullshit comments, you know, comments about us being soft and shit. Nah, we're a team that they will fight. You know, we are a team who is very competitive and uh, we're very prideful. So, you know, um, you're learning. You know, when you lose pieces and you lose certain things about the team, uh, you learn that within each other. You see the fight within each other and just follow that. So, more than anything, I think we're just being competitive out here, sharing the basketball and uh, playing. So, Kevin uh, saying that Doc's uh, soft comment was a load of BS and some S, uh, as we told you it would be. I think that's a, a safe way to say it. Yeah, uh, but the, the point there being that... Now that all these guys are going down, you're starting to see the fight coming out of some of the guys that haven't had the fight in them so far this year. Talking about Courtney Lee, Jeff Green, Bass played better even if the box score isn't really showing it. But you're seeing the guys that really haven't been playing very well, B-Jax, for most of the season. We're seeing some consistency out of them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see a change in Courtney Lee. And and I actually don't think it has anything to do with Rondo being out, aside from the fact that he's getting more minutes and more of a defined role. It's all about Zach Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, my, my, you know, former Celtics Hub brethren, Zach Lowe, I, 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 I think that was just a miscommunication. I don't know what that was, personally. But I do know that uh, Courtney Lee is playing much better right now. Um, and he's being much more aggressive. And I and like I said, I don't think it has anything to do with Ronda being out, other than the fact that he's getting more minutes at the point guard position. Uh, he's getting more chemistry with uh, Avery Bradley. You know, before he was being cycled in starting lineup, playing with Terry, playing with Avery, playing with Rondo, and now it's like they're they're getting a nice rapport at least over the last two games. And, and Avery was supposed to be his replacement before I right. you, before I let you talk. Avery was supposed to be his replacement. Now he's his buddy in crime. Right. And now they're talking about how they're the pit bulls together and all that. Oh, that no, no, so, no, German Shepherds. Oh, okay. German Shepherds. Okay. They're pit bulls. A little bit more elegant. But it's amazing how that's turned from the... I mean, he never said anything about it, and they seem to get along very well. But it went from basically Avery coming in and taking away Courtney's role to now that they are a duo and they're the great backcourt defensive duo and they can run up and down all that kind of stuff. So it's that's turned into a positive there, of course. Well, I think Lee understands that if Avery Bradley can take over the starting shooting guard role from Ray Allen, he can take it over from Courtney Lee. I think he knew <laughs> to start that there was no doubt that he was, you know, when Avery was healthy, he was going to come back and be the starter. Um, I, I think now he's just happy that he's, he's getting a lot of minutes. Yeah, I suspect a lot more than you do that Rondo's re- uh, absence is relevant. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what Courtney said to Zach Lowe's sources and what he didn't. I'm not going to speculate on that. But I do think that this team became a little bit too much identified by Rondo's the guy and everybody else kind of stands out of the way and watches while he does his thing. And that's not a healthy way for a five-man team to operate. And now that Rondo's out of the picture, it, it, it's, it's a team effort. It's collaborative. You know, it's... It's Lee runs the offense one possession, and Bradley runs it the next possession, and they take turns and they share the responsibilities. The ironic thing here is that Courtney Lee's been the one guy saying all along, nobody's role's going to change, our roles are the same, we all have the same roles, and that's a load of crap. We've seen Courtney Lee's role change dramatically over the last couple of weeks, and, and it's, it's been a positive thing. He, he's engaged, he's involved, he's actually helping this team in ways that he wasn't two weeks ago. It, it's a great thing to see, and I, the more we see of Courtney Lee, you know, really making an impact on the game, it's great for the Celtics, right? I mean, it's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a, cl- a KG here, keep it clean, though. 
I, I'm calling BS on Courtney Lee. I asked him a couple of weeks ago before the game, mm-hmm. has your role changed in practice? Because he was having a good run. His his role was clearly a little bit different on the court. And I asked him, like, are you guys, are you being involved in a different role in the sets that you're running in practice? Are you taking on different uh, options on, on cuts, yeah. stuff like that? And he said, oh, no, it's been the same the entire time. And I looked at him, like, come on, that's. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna buy that. You're running different plays than you used to. You're you're taking on different roles defensively than you than you used to. It's clearly not the same role for Courtney. I can't imagine that he was practicing this role exactly for all, for the first couple of months of the season, and now he's finally getting implemented in the game. Yeah, I don't understand how this athlete cliche came to exist. Like it's right up there with one game at a time. Now our roles don't change. Our roles don't change. What is this insistence on saying that your roles don't change? What's wrong with your role changing? Yeah. Two guys get hurt that are key players on your team, your role should change. And I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I think, though, I, it's not like the Celtics were executing offensively, you know, in the beginning of the season with Rondo. Mm-hmm. So it could be, really, that their roles didn't really change. You know, they're, they're still supposed to be doing the things that they're doing now. They just weren't doing them. And now I understand that when the person – I totally agree with you. The personnel changes – your role has to adjust. I mean, sure. you, you know, Courtney Lee's handling the ball a lot more because Rondo's not there. You know, mm-hmm. it makes sense. But I, I think, I, I guess maybe I'm just like, you know, giving a little bit more credit to them just saying like, and maybe it's their interpretation of their role, like their role is, you know, playing hard, being a defensive stopper, trying to crash the board, you know, gang rebound, getting back on defense, things like, you know, general principles of the team itself. Those, are, those haven't changed at all. You don't think so, because I think the, the general principles for the first 40 games this season were Rajon Rondo is going to stand there for 20 seconds with the ball in his hands. He's going to wait till there's three or four seconds on the shot clock, and then he's going to make a pass to some guy for a contested long two. I, mean, I, I think that was the reality. But that I don't changed, think, right? I mean, well, come on. Well, right, but I, don't, I think that was the reality, but I don't think that was, like, drawn up on the... the uh, I don't know, care what's thrown up. What you <laughs> see on the court is what you see on the court, and what you saw for the first, first 40 games was, you know... Not fundamentally great basketball. Okay, let's go to a really high percentage shot. <laughs> Jeff Green dunks. He's good he at throwing. Ninety-two percent of them. He's pretty good at throwing the ball inside of the rim. Uh, he doesn't show much reaction to it. Let's uh, take a look at what he had to say about that after the game. What does it do to you when you have a dunk like that? Nothing. <laughs> Come on, it's good point. Uh, well, for my team, you know, with the extra boost of energy, and uh, I mean, you see the way the bench reacts. Uh, you know, the crowd was wild. Uh, you know, that helps us out. So, you know, there's two points that at the end of the day, uh, you know, I just try to make a good play. And just have to be it doesn't get you going, though? It doesn't get you energized? You see, my, you see me, I'm, you know, same facial expression, um, you know, same demeanor. You gotta react a little bit afterwards. Though. You just saw me do it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have any kind of you know I don't yell. I lead up to Kevin. I don't you know do the you know antics the uh, you know chest bump. You know I did. You did do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that's because of Jet. Jet he, he wants to do that. And you uh, know, um, but I mean, I, I, my first thought is to get back on defense. I don't want Doc yelling at me. So, Jeff doesn't want Doc yelling at him. We've seen Doc yelling at him on the court a lot so far in the past few weeks. Uh, I said this on the postgame show before we filmed this, on the CLNS radio postgame show. Doc has said a lot of times to the media, a guy shouldn't be worried when he's getting yelled at. He should be worried when he's not getting yelled at because that's when Doc doesn't care. Doc clearly has, out in public at least, 
seems to be working with Jeff more than pretty much anybody on this team, B-Jacks. We're seeing the dividends pay off, and now that Jeff's starting to get to run a little bit of point forward and get a little bit of more action where he's, instead of getting the ball in kind of like a perimeter post-up and starting out of the triple threat, he's actually getting the ball while he's moving, coming around screens, and not having to get past that first defender and just try to finish, and that's what he's really good at. Well, we've seen him... The only times we've seen him be successful, like take someone on one on one, is against Michael Beasley and Steve Novak. You know, who are guys, right now and defenders. Right, right. Now, guys, yeah. he knows he can just blow by. <laughs> you know, when he's, you know, the other day against the Kings, he got uh, Jimmy Fredette in a switch and couldn't back him down. It's just like, it's just not. Know. You're right. He's just so much more comfortable. You know, really bad. moving without the ball, cutting, cutting, and getting open. Rather, you know, you see him on the perimeter. If he, you know, when he's he pauses for a second in the triple threat position and then just makes another, you know, wing pass. Uh, I like him much more, much better in this role, cutting baseline, you know, cutting down the lane when, you know, there's a bad switch. And yeah. we'll see if that continues. I have a feeling that that was more of a product of the Magic's being just completely out of sorts. You know, they're, they're injury-riddled. Injury they don't have a ton of their guys. Their rim protectors weren't necessarily there or paying attention tonight. And do they, do they have room protectors? Uh, yeah. Baby, baby takes charges. We know that. Not anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, everybody looks good when they're playing the Kings and the Magic. Don't get me wrong. But we've seen a couple of games now where Jeff Green is not just standing there on the perimeter doing nothing. He's asserting himself. He's showing some energy. He's showing some initiative to attack the basket. I mean, this is encouraging, right? If you're paying a guy nine million bucks, you want him to actually. He better dunk the ball a couple times. He better score points somehow, whether it's a dunk or a mid-range jump or whatever. I mean, the fact that Jeff Green is is taking action and actually trying to step in and fill a little bit of that void left by Sollinger, it's got to be encouraging, right? Yeah, and what was was big tonight is the whole aspect of the dunk igniting the team and the crowd. It's something that I think probably gets overblown most of the time. But it is... Exactly, but uh, while I am being ridiculous most of the time, a little bit. Jeff did say tonight that when he when he throws it down, you know, he's not going to show his emotion. He's thinking about getting back on the. But sure. he says that the bench reacts and the crowd reacts, and that fuels the team. And it, I mean, that's kind of an obvious thing. You know, it might get overblown as to how big of an effect it'll have on the game, but on a game like this where there was no energy in the building whatsoever for the first half, even though the Celtics were playing pretty good basketball, there wasn't really any energy. And when he puts those plays out, it takes a game against the Magic on a Friday night after you've lost two of your best players for the season and you're really down into a pretty exciting game. And we saw in the second half, even though there was a lot of space uh, and the lead for the Celtics in the second half, the excitement level by the team and by the crowd and the energy from the team definitely was noticeably better after those big dunks by Green. Well, what I think what those dunks really do is help the locker room chemistry. Yeah. I mean, we heard it. We were standing there and... Courtney Lee and Jeff Green were giving each other, you know, garbage back and forth about whose was better, you know, whose baseline dunk was better, you know. Oh, Courtney Lee, I can't believe he got up, you know. Can't believe he finally got up. And, like, we know Courtney Lee is previously athletic, you yeah, know. Do. So, obviously, he probably does it all the time in practice, but everyone was like, why aren't you dunking in the game? It's just, you know, I, I think it's making it a, those kind of things help overall, even out of the context of the game. And while in the game, it's more like it's just two points. It helps that they've won three straight games, right? Yeah. They're not going to talk like that after a loss. Even if they both have monstrous dunks, it's the winning that does this. Very true. Okay, well, you're hearing numbers. You're going to hear some more numbers. Let's box out. Evans, let's start with you. What's your number for the night? 
I almost forgot, but I think my set of the night is the three-point shooting, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll go with it. The Orlando Magic shot three for 19 from three-point range. That is 15.8%. Jameer Nelson was 0 for 3. Uh, Mo Harkless was 0 for 2. I mean, a lot of guys were 0 for a lot of things. The Magic were not hitting shots. I mean, when you lose by, what, 13 points, I mean, generally there's going to be some fluky shooting involved. Tonight it was Orlando just missing threes, and that was a key stat. And to be fair, Celtics shot 4 for 18. So yeah, not, they were not, not really any better. Right. Yeah, it's true. B-Jax boxed out with me. Uh, my stat of the night is almost, like unprecedented. It's 56 points in the paint. For this team to get that wow. many points in the paint is ridiculous. You with, know? with Solinger being out for Right, it. exactly. Yeah. One of the only low-post scorers, right? But, <laughs> you know, they got a ton on wide-open layups. I, think, I don't think this is something we can look to. We can really say, oh, well, without Rondo, without Solinger, they're going to get to the rim more. I think they've been told to get to the rim, and the Magic were all too obliged to, or all too happy to, you know, lead the way, show the way to the rim. Yeah, let's get a prediction. How many against the Clippers on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, Nikola Vukovic, yeah, whatever. One, oh, yeah. One, nice. one can leap a little bit higher. Really, uh, a little. And the number that was going a little bit higher than I expected tonight was 30 assists for the Celtics. Uh, Rajon Rondo's uh, he's not on the team anymore. Or <laughs> he's, not, he's not on the active roster anymore. Yet oh. they're still putting up the assist numbers that they put up in Rondo as good wow, games. I mean that that was really shocking. They had five guys that had four or more assists in this game. So the point guard by committee that Doc has been talking about, were actually it really is being backed up by the numbers. I think that really makes a huge difference for this team. Is that. This team is actually really embracing the whole diversified role. Everybody's kind of taking on a couple extra roles. But their roles aren't changing. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course, of course, according to the record. All right, we're going to quickly ball up before we uh, get off the air with you guys. Uh, B-Jax, who was the player of the game for you? Uh, surprisingly, my player is Jeff Green. Uh, what? I know, I know, and I have been... I've been the hardest person on Jeff Green I know. It's true, uh, you know, his contract is a lot of money. He's, he's so still here. he's still not rebounding, and he and uh, I think he had four tonight. Um, and Doc has specifically asked him. He said so. Doc said so say to so. rebound with Solinger being out. Um, so we'll see. I, I saw more aggressive aggression on the rebounds. I think he tried to get his nose in there, but he's just it's just not something that's natural to him. Uh, he even. <laughs> He even, like, let one, we joked about it, he let one go to Pierce. It was in his hand, right. he just, like, didn't know what to do. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was funny, but I'm just happy that he's being aggressive towards the rim and punishing it. It's true. Ball up. Oh, you want my ball up? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ball up with Paul Pierce. Uh, 14 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. You know, we were all talking about this, you know, by committee filling in for Rondo and Sellinger. Well... You lose your best passer, Pierce has seven assists. You lose your best rebounder, Pierce has 11 boards. He's doing a little bit of everything. Uh, Paul Pierce is the kind of player that can kind of fill whatever role you need him to. If you need a point forward, he can do that. If you need a power forward that can get more boards, he can do that. If you need a score, he's obviously that. Pierce kind of just gave this game whatever it needed at all times. He was fantastic in every aspect of the game. Paul Pierce, there you go. All right, I'll go back with Jeff Green. We're kind of bookending this thing. Oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> it's from the thinnest hey, beard to the thickest beard. Let's hope it continues, Evans. Right? Uh, I, I do, I do <laughs> hope for that. Well, uh, like we talked about in the last segment, the energy level that Jeff infuses into this team uh, has been the difference for them, I think, in the last few games. Of course, it's bizarre considering he's probably the least emotional guy on the team. He, he for, if you're just if you're watching the game on mute and you're just looking at his face, you think that he doesn't really do anything energy-wise for the team. 
Uh, and then he turned the sound on, and it gets even worse because you've never hear, you've never seen uh, heard him raise his voice before. He's a quiet guy, but he makes big plays when he can. And the difference, I think, has been that you couldn't really earlier in the year. We saw a little bit of a consistent stretch, then it kind of died off. Now the t- everybody's talking about trying to gear it back towards letting him, putting him in situations where he can thrive, putting him in situations where he's getting the ball in motion, running a more fluid offense around, you know, kind of like around the ball area, not so. Because I feel like with the with Rondo, things get a little bit stiff. It's a lot of just kind of straight picks cutting one way, while with these guys, I think they're going to have to have a little bit more flow going on, play a little bit more in transition, try to do a lot of early offense. I know Doc has talked about posting up Kevin really early. You know, they're going to do a lot of early offense, a lot of kind of flowing motion type offense, and it's working for them right now. Well, definitely, because with Rondo, it was, he's going to hold the ball, and you're going to get open. Yeah. In this I'm going to hold the ball, and if someone can't get open, I'm going to pass the ball to someone else, and then and then they're going to pass some the ball off again. ball motion. Yeah. Exactly. So I I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to see a lot more motion, and I think it's going to be more entertaining basketball. Whether whether they win or lose, I think it's going to be really entertaining. And we're going to bring you more entertaining programming on Sunday. Uh, we're going to wrap this show up right now. They're tearing up the garden for the ice, even though I thought the Bruins weren't playing here tomorrow. Practice or something, yeah. I don't know. Who, who the hell knows? But uh, we're, we're out of here. We're back on Sunday for the Clippers game. City. For Brendan Jackson, for Evans Quincy. My name is Jared White. This is the Garden Report of Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio.